0: Nobody.
1: Welcome, welcome, everybody, to what possibly might be our best show of the entire season. (laughs) The best show of the entire season. I'm stamping it now. Uh, One, because this is the roast of Jim Harbaugh, and because we have all callers welcome throughout the show, I'm sure we're going to get some Michigan fans in here ready to go to war. I'm ready with all kinds of slander. I've waited a very, very long time for this, but it's not always about me. I got my co-hosts with me, the Ohio State Buckeye fan, Marcus Anthony, who I know is also extremely happy. (laughs) 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 This is this This is great,
2: man. Such
0: an awesome week, man. You know, because for me, it's just like I knew. Jim was, you know, a good coach. But, you know, people, I remember people were bashing me for being a homer. Oh, you're a homer. You just want to see Michigan fail. You're a troll. I'm like, no, the the program got some serious issues and some things to address. Just to think you're going to up and reload, I don't know if Jim Humboldt's there. And lo and behold, here we are.
1: (laughs) I mean, even in my wildest dreams, I could not have fathomed the collapse of Jim Harbaugh like this, man. The the idea that people really wanted Urban Meyer to take over there was an Urban Meyer to Michigan rumor <laughs> that needed to be addressed by Urban Meyer himself was absolute gold. The link you sent me of somebody suggesting that he has CTE again, look, <laughs> it, it's a terrible, it's a terrible thing. I'm, I'm not, I'm only yeah, laughing so because I just don't think matters. that's it. Um, if if but it came yeah, out that he has CTE. I would truly apologize, but because I don't believe it, absolutely hilarious. Um, and that's just the everything thing,
0: for me. It's like everyone is trying to find so many other excuses other than the obvious that Jim Harbaugh isn't a very good football coach and the changes that he made just isn't working. It's not now – I know, we, like you said, CTE isn't a laughing matter, but we're just laughing because it's like, wow, really? Like, come on. Like, just say you got you got your asses kicked. Like, that's just what it yeah. is. And here it is, year five of this underachievement program. And now it's – first it was all oh, the academics, all the location, all the cheaters, Ohio State, SEC, and it's all that. It's like, no, Jim, you got to look yourself in the mirror. This is your issue. You hired Josh Gaddis to come in. And to revolutionize Michigan, to move them into the modern college football space, and you've done you've done absolutely the opposite from that. Now I don't know if that's on Jim and I don't know if that's on Gaddis, but Don Brown has looked pedestrian It just looked the entire coaching staff. They, they got like he said, they got out coached, they got out physical, that they got dominated in every area of the game. And in year five of a rebuild, that's embarrassing. Oh, right, there's no other. I
1: I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that Wisconsin had better athletes than Michigan, but it happened. I have seen <laughs> it with my own two eyes. Uh one of the funniest Jesus things I said baller, this though. week. Yeah. One of the funniest things I said this week was to a Michigan fan that I work with. Um I was like, you know, it's funny to me that Ohio State runs Michigan's offense better than Michigan now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously. And, he was so hot.
0: Runs, and that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like we found all these excuses, but Listen, that term, you know, pro style and spread, it's really, you they intertwine now, right? Like I I just think now they're just labels, but it's like, you know, if you look at what Jim Harbaugh did and what his offense really meant, it's being physical up front, right? beating you at the line of scrimmage, two tight end, three tight end sets, and allowing the run game to be able to dominate into the passing game. And it's like, but you still see teams that are very successful with that model, Right, you see, like you said, us with Ryan Day and we've implemented a lot of pro style concepts into our offense now. You still see, you know, teams like Wisconsin who still the thing is you have to know your identity, you have to recruit to it and you have to coach to it. And I don't think Jim Harbaugh really knew what the identity of Michigan football is going to be. And I've always said that I thought Paul Chris and I've always said Pat Fitzgerald too, they're having a rough year, but I'm like, if you really look at what Paul Chris is given on a year-to-year basis and his recruiting base and what they do in developing talent. And I know we like to joke and you know, Wisconsin, they have their issues athletically, but that's what I really thought. They've been better at Michigan than Michigan the last four to five years, and that's my point. It's just like, dude, it's he's the problem, and there's no more running from that. And I just love to see Michigan fans absolutely crumble. I love it.
1: Yeah, so we got our first caller. Somebody just left. I apologize. But Marcus was talking, so I can't cut him off. Uh, but we got somebody from long distance. I'm going to say it's Mike. 4749, who's this?
2: This is Mike Damsky. How are you, sir?
1: What's up, Mike? Oh, How you doing, what's man? What's up, Mike?
2: <laughs> Hi. So I just, I just caught the end of that. What is that? You like hearing Michigan fans crumble. Is that correct? <laughs> well, I got a show for you, my friend, because Michigan is fucking horrendous. <laughs> Michigan is in fucking trouble, okay? And I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I, Jim, I, mm, fuck, Ugh. you know, you see, I'm flustered. I had, have, I have like, fuck, I fucking thought all afternoon I was gonna say you folks, but goodness gracious, twenty eight nothing at the motherfucking half. That's, that's unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable. And you know, I'll be honest with you. If you made a graph of my fucking life. If you made all the significant events of my life that fucking changed me as a person, you'd have like my birth, my graduation from high school, my divorce, my first major breakup, and 62 to fucking 39. (laughs) (laughs) 62 to fuck. Ever since 62 39, we have been dog shit. There's uh, what? What are your thoughts? I I, I don't. What are you guys seeing from an under? I I don't understand. Like Michigan football, the last four years or so has been mostly fun to watch. And now it's like taking a knife to my ball
1: constantly. I mean, mean, honestly, uh, from from my standpoint as a a 49er fan and as a a Harbaugh detractor, that was one of my main complaints about Jim Harbaugh is that it goes to a certain point and then it gets stale really quick. Um, For us, it was like two, three years, and then it it was stale. By the time he left, I don't know if it was – I think he had an excuse with the front office turmoil, and the fact that he couldn't make the team like he wanted to make because he was beefing with the GM. But from an X's and O's standpoint, once the league figured out Jim and and Greg Roman, and I put a lot of blame on Roman, and it can't obviously be him because he's having success right now um, in Baltimore as Mm an offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. But what I saw from Michigan uh, as he's been there is the same thing. They get to a certain point, and it goes stale. And as a coach in an – There's a separation in the best in college football and in the really good teams, and it's a pretty large gap. And ultimately, even though people don't want to give these guys credit, it comes down to coaching because at the top, everybody's got talent. Michigan's got talent. They've got top five, top four, top three talent. Like, it's there, but the difference is the coach and the coaching staff and the game planning and the play calling. And and ultimately, you can even look at the, the regression of Shea Patterson and say that a lot of that has to do with coaching. It's like he's not prepared. Like, they had a whole offseason to implement this offense, and LSU did it. LSU did it, and it's running Mm -hmm. smooth. Ohio State changed up a little bit of their approach as well, and they got a true freshman. Like, oh, not yeah. true friends, but they got a young quarterback, a, a freshman with no that's real true, experience, man. and, and oh, it yeah. runs smooth, and that's a testament to the coaching staff. And I think that okay. as much as I as I harp on Harbaugh and I bash him, that ultimately that really is his downfall. That he gets to a certain point and he cannot coach any better or get over the hump. You know, and my thing is it's, it's,
0: from. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say just from Buckeye standpoint, I'm just kind of disappointed because. Like, honestly, all, you know, I troll a lot, but just being, you know, talking football, and I respect the rivalry, I respect Michigan, and honestly, Ohio State, we need for Michigan to be good. You have to hold up your end of the bargain, and it's like, mm-hmm. Jim, come on, it's now or never. Like, honestly, I, I mean, it sounds bad, but a win against Ohio State could do a lot for that program, and now I don't, you know, of course, I want to go 12-0, but it's like, I really thought at year five in the program the rivalry would be back to, you know, if you remember in 2015 Mm -hmm. and 2016 when Michigan was third in the country, fourth in the country, how State is fifth, and it's it's just better for college football, and I just can't believe like that in year five it's just gotten this bad, and I'm all all jokes aside, I really expected Michigan to be a 12-1, and you know, undefeated caliber team coming into this year with Going into the game, it could be the largest game, you know, in college football. So I know as a Michigan fan, that's just it's crushing.
2: Oh, no. It's, it's the, the, with the resources the University of Michigan has in their athletic department, yeah. with the talent that they're consistently able to pull in, being just Michigan and having those facilities, and as you mentioned, the talent is there. They have not been that far behind Ohio State recruiting for the yeah. last, since Jim got there. Yeah. Even before, Hope was, Hope was recruiting well. There's no reason why they 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 match you up talent wise for the most part, and you're right. Shea Patterson has not been what we thought he'd be, and there's no question about yeah. that. Oh, John O'Corn wasn't what he thought we'd be. The only yeah. transfer quarterback that's been worth the shit was Jake Rudock, and even he had his struggles.
3: <laughs> so you know, yeah. you know,
2: I mean, you know, so it's like Jim. You were supposed to be the quarterback whisperer, I, and I want to make something clear. I am not for firing him. I am not for firing him. Yeah, absolutely not. Right. Yeah, yes. I am absolutely not in that bandwagon. There's some people that are, and there's some people jerking themselves off thinking that Urban Meyer is going to come to Michigan, and I'm just (laughs) sitting there going, you know what, when I jerk off, at least at the end, I have something to show for it. Jesus Christ. (laughs) But anyway, you know, it's but but, but Michigan, yeah, there's no excuse for it because they, they have the money Ohio State does. They have... Not, so, not necessarily the talent, because Ohio State's pulled in some classes that are just five-star, 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 five-star. Yeah. We haven't quite had that. Maybe the Rashawn Gary class was comparable, because that was a great, great class. But Yeah,
0: that was a big uh, class, just, yeah.
2: Oh, it was, a, it, was a, it was a big one. And uh, Rashawn Gary's career really wasn't what we thought it'd be. So really, Michigan for the last 12 years, maybe longer, it's a lot of sizzle. Not a lot of goals, and that's, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir on that, but like, as a Michigan yeah. fan, it's like we got to look in the mirror and change some things because I don't know what – got to stop going with the Michigan man thing if we do fire Jim. Get the best guy. Yeah. I don't care yeah. what he runs. I don't care what he wants to do. If he wants to win football games and he's done it before at a high level, bring him in. I don't care where he's from. I don't care what his accent is. Win games. Cause that's what, but yeah, Michigan I agree. Should, like, you said, like you said, man, the rivalry is better – it, it, it's the best well, rivalry. Good, yeah, it is the best yeah. rivalry in sports. But it, it has not been right now because you're right. Michigan has been a complete failure. So yeah, ultimately, know,
1: it's, it's ultimately I oh, think uh, what Michigan has to say from a from a um, logistics standpoint in in that athletic department is do we want mm-hmm. do we want to like keep the tradition. Or or do we want to win football games, and ultimately, it's not just win ten ain't enough, eleven ain't enough, we need playoffs we need we need to get over the hump and and reenter into that realm of elite programs in the nation mm-hmm. and uh I mean, maybe Jim's not the right guy, maybe Jim just needs to really find a better staff. I don't know, I mean, at this point, he changed his staff this year, and he's still getting the same results, yeah but um. I mean, all all the frustration that Michigan fans have, I lived through that as a 49er fan for for the last, like, two (laughs) seasons that he was there. And so I completely understand. And, like I said, even though we troll, there is some genuine concern from from Marcus and myself, guys who really appreciate the X's and O's. And we look at at these games that he loses, especially on the road, and they're just fundamental flaws in approach and coaching that uh, with the talent that he has, you should not have. So, I uh, appreciate you calling sure. in, Mike. Uh, my man Absolutely, Patrick's man. been waiting a I long did... time. We're gonna switch oh, yeah, to by him.
2: Oh
1: yeah, let him go, man. All right, <laughs> man. Take care. That. All
2: right.
1: If this dude called to talk about Florida football, I'm, I'm kicking him off. Come on, Patrick. What you got, man? <laughs>
3: no, I'm not gonna go just strictly Florida today. I'm not gonna go strictly Florida today. Um, but I will say the SEC though is um. They're, they're in an interesting spot, especially in that West division, um, heading towards, like, the midseason because, yeah, I know we were talking about, like, LSU top five, Auburn top ten, um, Georgia's top five. Um, you have Alabama number two, Florida number nine. Um, but you're going to have to skim. We're really about to at the point where we're going to see. about so, four of them fall out.
1: Oh, yeah. nah! And, it's, it's judgment day coming for the SEC. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's a lot. <laughs> it's but coming. And that's the thing with all conferences, too. It's like going forward, really, the two best wins of the season so far has been LSU on the road at Texas and Georgia beating Notre Dame this weekend. Those have arguably been the two most playoff impactful, you know, games so far. Now, mm-hmm. going forward, we're definitely going to see. And what I think is going to be interesting, you're having Auburn playing well. LSU playing well, and Bama playing well, but on the other side, it's just Georgia, right? So if you're UGA, you're just trying to get through Florida, which I think at this point it's safe to say that's going to happen. And then, like, you know, on the other well, end of the division. On what are you going to No, you guys are done. Come on, man. Come on. All Georgia's right. operating at a
3: much higher level than Florida right now. But Georgia's regressed since last year. Georgia's not. Georgia last year is better than Georgia this year. Georgia this year, they rely on DeAndre Swift. They run him forty times a game. They're gonna wear that boy out by the time week six comes. Like they, yeah. that's their, that's their, that's their bread and butter right there. Run DeAndre Swift left, right, up the middle. They're you saw in the Notre Dame game. They were calling the three same plays all the way into yeah. the fourth quarter, and they were playing against a Notre Dame side that. They went to the last year? Could have fooled me. Yeah. Like, Notre Dame looked like they didn't, like, they looked like the, the, the Saltine High School that played against the Hood High School and the Hood High School that <laughs> whooped them 72 to the 10. <laughs> like, I mean, wasn't, Dame, it like wasn't an
1: impressive showing uh, by Georgia at all. I mean, that spread was coverable. The game was at a point where they should have ran away with it and they just couldn't. And that's, like, from what you're saying, I get because that is alarming.
3: I, In my I life, say Georgia's not going though. forward. I was Kirby say Smart right. runs I was that to... team. Oh, go ahead. Oh, my, I was going to say, go Kirby Smart runs Georgia like it's 2008 Alabama. Defense, <laughs> we're going to run the ball, and eh, Jake Fromm will make throws here and there, but we're going to treat him like A.J. McCarran. Like yeah. he just gets them little, them little, them little, them little quick plays. And then, all right, back to handing it off. And the thing is, the SEC has grown past that. They figured that out. Even Alabama, um, Alabama's way past that. So, um, yeah, and that's and what the fact that he is, yeah. yeah, he is still at that same point. And I will – all right, I'm going to ride the Florida horse for five seconds. You're going to fall off. <laughs> the fact for uh, the Kyle Trask coming in over – Felipe Franks is probably a, the best thing that could happen with this. Oh, so like, my God. Well, Trask is a better passer than Franks. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah,
0: he's a better passer. I'll give you that. He's a better
3: passer. He's smarter, than, he's smarter in the pocket than Franks. And if you Franks ask any Florida fan, you ask – And he's also too much in his own head. Trask isn't. Um, and you ask any Florida fan, they've been calling for Trask to be the starter for the last couple of years. So I think that's going to make it levels it up a bit, but not. We just will have to wait until that game in October.
1: So, so here's the but, reason why I don't believe in Florida. One, you got to go to LSU, and yeah. you got Georgia coming in, and and it's November second, so they're gonna they're gonna pretty much work out all their kinks, and well, ultimately,
0: well, by that point,
1: yeah, ultimately though, you, you you gotta go to LSU. I mean, you gotta go there. I don't think. I don't think y'all can win there. And I think Florida so, needs what, to go undefeated.
3: I don't think and, anybody this year will go undefeated other than Clemson. True. I don't I, – honestly, this, I there agree Clemson, Clemson's don't is the only team go. that's going undefeated. Like, I even see Ohio State as good as they are because Ohio Yeah, I gonna be out here hating. Ohio State, Ohio State loses. Ohio State loses that one trap game that they do every time. Granted, they didn't win the Big Ten, but they go in 11-1 and one in the process.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately the <laughs> SEC um, is going to come and go. Basically, I'm, I mean, I'm still sticking to what I said during the preseason. However, good Auburn is, they will be the decider because they play Florida, they play yeah. Georgia, they play Bama, yeah. and they play LSU. So Godspeed to the program, but ultimately, how they're going to be the spoiler for for one of these teams. They're going to be the reason why they're going to get their first L. Or, or potentially their second L depending on which team it is, but they're going to be the decider for who's really going to well, uh, come out of the SEC. And
0: well, I'm going really to think about year. a Mississippi state
3: team. Yeah. The
0: Mississippi but they're state not, state I don't think they like could be stated. They're okay. I think they're like a 10 win team, a nine win team. They could maybe be good for an upset. And I, that's my point with Florida. Like going into the Florida Georgia game, do you like Trask is a much better player. I think, than Felipe Franks in that offense because I think Dan Mullen probably – it seems to play caller maybe trust him a little more and willing to take a mm-hmm. little more shots where Franks, they were, it just seems that he was either slow with his decision-making or the coaches just weren't going, you know, down the field. And I know they had some protection issues here and there, but Florida, I'm just like, yeah, Trask is, is better, but how much better? Are they really that much of a threat now to Georgia? And I honestly think Georgia's really talented and really good and to the point Patrick said, their style of play. I just think that's who they are where they're going to be ultra-conservative and they're just going to be the most physical football team and they're going to take their shots and be very methodical with how they play because I think, I don't know if you guys, it it was a play that it was probably on, I think Georgia was on like the 19 or the 20 and Jake Fromm rolled outside of the pocket and threw a dime in the back of the end zone. Kid dropped it, but Mm -hmm. he he has playmaking ability. I just think that's just what Georgia's style of play is, and that's just who they are. They're just going to stay in football games. They play almost not to lose more so than to win. And, I mean, that's mm-hmm. I, that's what I think. Like, watching Justin Fields and watching Jake Fromm, I just think Justin Fields just wasn't a good fit in that offense in Kirby, and they just teach the position in the offense differently. And now you see him at Ohio State just flourishing. And I'm just like, Georgia, it's – if you really want to go to the next level, you're gonna to have to like, you know, do something a little different. Cause you got playmakers everywhere. Use them. You know, you got you got a Lamborghini, man. Take it out for a drive. You know, you're driving that thing like it's a Honda Civic, a two door. You know, it's <laughs> like let the boys go out and play. I, that's what that's my issue with Georgia right now. Like you said, they remind me of Alabama, 2000. You know, six or seven where they went. You know, Blake Sims and. A.J. McCarron and all these guys where it's just you manage the game. You may not win the game, but you're going to manage it. And, and that's something to be said about that, too. It's, it's okay, but it's just, hey, if you're going to beat Bama LSU right now, it seems that you're going to have to meet them in the, you know, 35, 40-point range. That, I mean, oh, yeah, playing. for sure. So, yeah, exactly. So it's like I just don't know if Georgia is ready to be such an explosive offense to really, you know, Take their team to the next level. And it's just like, man, that style of play is it, it's beating. Yeah, it'll beat Notre Dame because Notre Dame played the same thing. I thought they played very conservative at times where they just could not push the ball down the field. And they would, like we said, baby Gronk, they were killing. You know, they were eating each other. And then in the second half, exactly, Kirby adjusted to that star bracket in him and took him out of the game. And then Book and Brian Kelly just had no adjustment. It's like we made them play left hand, and I'm like, well, yeah, that works against Notre Dame, but what you going to do with Judy and Tua and all these guys when they, you know, they playing very vertical? So we'll see. I think the SEC is going to have is going to be interesting because Bama, LSU, Auburn all have to play each other, and ho- I'm really hoping for a world where Bama loses and LSU and Georgia are in the SEC championship game, and I want to see what the playoff committee is going to do. Ah, uh, you <laughs> know what they're going to do.
1: You know what That's they are gonna, gonna, gonna,
0: gonna do? They're
1: gonna be four. they're gonna do. gonna be four. But
0: I'll say right, this so right, so LSU "We're in the committee." If you're in yeah. the committee, Patrick, and you got Georgia as the SEC West champion, let's say twelve and one. You have LSU as the SEC East champion, and SEC champion at twelve and one. Let's say they're in the college football playoff. Now you have Alabama who has lost to LSU, or Alabama and Auburn who's lost to Alabama. So now you're left. Let's say with a Big Ten 12 and one champion in Ohio State, a 12 and one Big 12 champion in Oklahoma, and two a one lost SEC team. Clemson's going to get their spot. I want to see how the committee. That's going to be it's going to be tough, man. We might be in the eight teams next year if that happens, because it's going to be I'll mad A-Bs, and coaches. It would be a, it would be crazy.
3: I'll say this though. There is a likelihood that if one pac 12 team runs the stable, they can
1: slide in. Who?
3: The Pound puppy? What? Nah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It it will the mean, lucky. Maybe maybe Cal, I guess?
2: No, USC
3: if USC can keep it rolling cuz they just did beat a, t- a top 10 mm. team. They have one big mm. win under the belt. I'm
1: ahead. head. Uh, <laughs> that guy's gonna lie. You know what, Pat? You was doing good, man, and then you had to bring in your 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 whatever what did you say the committee or whatever the board or whoever made that list. You had to bring your power rankings in here, man. Get out of here, bro. Hey, thanks for calling in, just, man.
0: No problem, bro. I appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, I, I can't I can't rock with that Pac-12 nonsense, man. Get out of here. We're not entertaining that, uh, Marcus. It's that time. Yeah. We took some callers. Let's get it going.
3: Read our book. Take a look because it's the kitty table.
1: <laughs> my man, the So we already talked about it. Y'all already know what's going to happen. Come on down, Michigan. Come on down, Jim Harbaugh. You know you got to take that seat. Not only, in my book, not only are you at the kitty table because you lost, you at the kitty table because you got blast, man. This this score should have been 56 to nothing. They shouldn't have never let y'all score. The best thing that happened was when McCaffrey came in and unfortunately he got obliterated and and then my boy uh, the running back for Wisconsin had went down early as well. So hit or miss, you should have probably lost by like 35, but you only lost by like 21. So kitty table, y'all, matter of fact, y'all got the front row seat at the kitty table. We're going to serve y'all uh, your lunchables first. Go ahead and get them on out here. Thank you, Michigan. Now, this next one, I'm going to let Marcus do because I can't. It's near and dear to me. I'm very sad. Uh, This is a, a bittersweet moment, but nobody's above the rules. So go ahead, Marcus. Call them on down. Jim Harbaugh, let me
0: holler at you, bro. You you got a minute, fam? Like, actually, you got a few minutes, fam? Uh, I I mean, I I need a little bit of your time because, like I was telling Mike, I'm disappointed. I mean, all trolling aside, I we need Michigan to be good because it's just always this national perception of it's Ohio, Ohio State and nobody else is really good. Jim Harbaugh was expected to rejuvenize this program and to return them to the national prominence that in year five. 2016, you know, when JT Barrett, you know, got the one inch, people were preparing for this to be the five year run, a ten, another ten year war, like, you know, Woody and Bo of Urban and Jim Harbaugh, and we moved on to Ryan Day and looked like we haven't missed a beat, and it just looks like Jim, what, what are you doing, man? And it's always everybody else's fault, but here we are. You you're at this point in your career where I think you got to look yourself in the mirror. Have a seat at the kitty table, get a Capri Sun and really rethink man that, you know, going forward, if you're mentally or physically defeated, I think I don't think that's a really a big issue. I just think he's just not a good football coach right now. I mean, I don't care about his success at Stanford, I don't care what he did for the forty ers his run the last five years as he had football coach at the University of Michigan, it hasn't been bad. But it has been, let's say, disappointing. It has been deflated, and I'm a, I'm a Buckeye, and I I hate them, but I respect them, and I and I respect the rivalry. And I'm just like, dude, just have a seat. They're, have a seat for a really long time. I don't want to hear any more preseason, midseason, or postseason hype from Jim Harbaugh. They're done to me. I think you know we shared the article. They're the new Minnesota to me. All your you know <laughs> accolades are in the leather helmet era. Yeah, Charles Woodson. Like, I understand. Like, come on, move. give me something this decade. I can go on and on and on forever because I really expected more. And at the same time, I I love it so much because the people who trolled me for so long, the crows are coming home to roost, you know? It's like, I, I can go on and on, man. But you know how I feel about Michigan and have a seat, man.
1: Who's Michigan better than? Oh, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now I, I, I'm glad you you went with Harbaugh because I really thought you were gonna call my boy out. So I'll just go ahead and do it. So all it. of you know I am an air raid supporter through and through. I love it. It's the best thing about college football. I'm, I'm so glad to see people are somewhat embracing it in the NFL. It was bound to happen anyway. Um, but my man Mike Leach took a L this weekend. That might be up there as far as all-time legendary elves <laughs> And it had to come at the hands of Chip Effing Kelly, man. Washington State was up what, 32 points at one point and came and, yep. and lost. We yep. lost to UCLA. A UCLA team that quite honestly is just trash. Like, they, they're not good yeah. at all. I don't even know how it happened. And people were like, well, you know, Chip and the and the quarterback are finally gel. It ain't that much gel in the world to <laughs> come back thirty two points. When you're you're going against an air offense at that. I don't think I've ever seen an air offense like blow a game like that unless maybe uh, a Texas Tech um might, but like yeah, thirty two points. Day, yeah. Yeah, thirty two. two's on. Maybe a Hawaii, and it was like
0: I think I've seen Hawaii blow a couple games okay. back in the June Jones era. Yeah, where they just it was not like this at, crazy. Not a thirty point lead. I'm talking like twenty. And yeah, a half. Or something like it wasn't that. even the yeah, full 30. game. It
1: wasn't like they came out firing. Like no, they was it was thirty like thirty two points at some point in the third quarter and they came back and won. So I hate to do it to the pirate man. That's my boy. He's near and dear to me, but come on down, Washington State. <laughs> That one really hurt, man. It really did, especially on on the on the um <laughs> the the weekend that I had. I was it just hurt. So um we we already talked about Wisconsin and, and Michigan, yep. and we we kind of briefly touched on um Georgia and Notre Dame. I would say I think we're both somewhat disappointed in Georgia, but at the same in the same breath they won the game. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Uh, They're undefeated still. Uh, It is it is very disappointing. uh, To your point, you get guys like Brian Kelly and teams like Notre Dame in in situations where honestly nobody expects them to win, and they play so conservative. Like, dude, give give me something. Give me something. Like, it was disappointing, but you touched on this last week as well, you were like, you know, the first half is going to go a certain way, but in the second half, is going to reestablish the yeah. run and kind of just pound them down, and that's what they did. Um, so um, I only bet on the Wisconsin game, and everybody who bet Wisconsin won uh, that day. Uh, was there any best bets for you this past weekend that you can recall? War
0: War Eagle. Oh, Auburn, baby. You know that was that was my call because I just looked at. Oh, I, I looked at the Clemson and A and game, and I know we're probably giving Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher maybe a little bit too much credit this year. Like we mm-hmm. know they're in a rebuilding stage, and I think we're putting them where we want them to be instead of where they truly are. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like what Bo Nix is doing. I like what Gus Malzahn is doing, and I'll take them on the road at six points. And I know people are like, oh, that's a silly, you know, A&M, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm telling you, watch the game, man. Like, I think Auburn is starting to get momentum, and Gus Malzahn's offense just works better when he has a guy who's a rush threat. It just shows mm-hmm. that his play, and now he's taking over the play calling again. And that's why I'm kind of, I'm gaining a little confidence in Auburn. Now, I, I wasn't very high on them in the preseason, but it just, Gus looks different, man, when he's, Got a guy like Bo Nix, you know, who can, who can give him a little bit more in the run game. But that was a huge bet for me, and I, I'm I'm kind of liking Auburn, man. I, they, that, that was a big-time bet, and I, and I I like him going forward, but I really want to see him against, you know, LSU and Bama. So I'm going to see yeah. the schedule coming up, and they're going to be one of my, I think, best bets going forward.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to give him the kiss of death because every, every team that we both – Get high on, ends up losing the next week. So I'm going to be down on Auburn still, because uh, I don't want them to get the Maryland treatment. But um, that was definitely a good hit. Matter of fact, um, I have made a post that if people combined uh, my USC pick with your um, Auburn pick, it was a seven and one uh, payout in a parlay, which is really good. Um, I mean, my best bet could be the USC game because they they ended up playing with their third string quarterback, and he ended up uh helping them seal the deal. But I'm gonna go with my best bet being uh Tulane because that ending was absolutely ridiculous. You're talking about a five that point was a crazy. Sp- yeah, you're talking about a five point spread and Tulane gets the ball uh with like maybe like thirty seconds left. They fake they fake like they're gonna kneel it to to go in the overtime and and get like maybe twenty yards, then turn around the next play. Yeah. They're like a 30-yard bomb, and the guy outruns everybody and, and ends up scoring the game-winning touchdown, and it also covered the spread. But I just thought it was, it was funny because I had said on the podcast last week that that game was going to be way more interesting than the Titans-Jags, and it really was. It really was. So yeah. that was my best bet. Um, My worst bet, I don't know, because Friday, Friday, Friday was lovely. Friday – was great to me. And then Saturday, I feel like I got smacked around a little bit. Nothing (laughs) really stands out to me off the top of my head. I can't remember if I went Ohio one more time. I think I did. And they ended up losing again. But I'm off the Ohio train, man. They're not my Mac team this year. I'm going to find somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little mad, man. The quarterback is is killing me. Like I really thought I was going to get something from that team. Yeah, I thought I was going to get something from that team, but I'm not getting anything so I'm going to have to re-redo my mac. Um but yeah, I don't think anything sticks out. There wasn't anything like that uh, that bad beat when Clemson unnecessarily scored the 35th point <laughs> against uh Syracuse. It was nothing like yeah. that. But uh, rolling into this week, um I I like some games this week for sure uh from a gambling aspect, from a, from a viewership aspect. Uh, One of the games that I really like from a gambling aspect is tomorrow, um, Navy visiting Memphis. You're getting 10 and a half with with the Navy. Yeah. And here's the thing about uh, Navy and Memphis. I think Memphis is a really talented team. They're definitely high scoring at home. The issue here is that when these two teams meet up, no matter what, if you go far back, maybe like four or five seasons ago, Navy dominated. Um, I think that was around when they yeah. had Reynolds at quarterback, and, and they were probably the best that we've ever seen them. Um, and then as you get more recent, uh, Memphis has had some talent, uh, especially on the offensive side, but the spreads are still between two to six-ish range. Nothing, nobody's ever blown anybody out or won by double digits. So you're getting 10.5 with the Navy team that, one, has a pretty decent defense and a quarterback who understands the triple option, which is huge. Um, so, yeah. I like it. I like I like it. Uh, it's funny because the line is 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 fluctuating a little. Like it'll go up to 11 and go back down to 10 and a half. So there's definitely some pros and joes action there. But I, I just really think asking Memphis to cover anything over 10 uh, with this Navy offense is just asking a lot, especially when they're not going to get so many plays uh, on offense as well. What do you think about that game?
0: Man, I think that'll be a good game. Like you said, when you're betting against, you know, the midshipmen, shipment, I think Memphis has looked pretty explosive. They look to be Mm -hmm. pretty talented and one of the better teams in the group of five. But like you said, Navy, that's style. They're just going to grind you to death and plus 10 points. I I like that. Now, me, Service service Academy, now it just seems the week that I'm high on them, they get blasted the week that i'm low <laughs> on them they you know look like world beaters because yeah i really wanted to pull the michigan you know you know how sometimes it's a better you talk yourself out of it i'm like damn man army air force they look ah, and then it's like nah, i don't like them this week and then you know they come in and have a go you know berserk for like army had like a 42 to eight win or something last so i was like damn it man, mm-hmm. like, but i do like navy and
1: yeah, I think taking the points with the service academies, uh, yeah, um, for dangerous. the most part, anything, anything double digit, uh, you really gotta look at the caliber of team they're playing. It's it's really tough. I mean, we even saw Oklahoma last year struggle with the double digits against an uh, Army team. Like it's just <clears throat> asking a lot when when you have to prepare for that triple option, and there's going to be hiccups. Nobody's ever fully prepared for it unless you play it consistently. And in this case, Memphis does, but they generally don't stop it. And and we got a quarterback who knows yeah. how to run it, um. and that's huge. Uh, Friday's got a pretty decent slate for Friday. Yeah. If you think about uh, Tech and Duke, which is somewhat interesting from an ACC perspective because a lot of people had a lot of faith in Tech this year. Um, They have not performed well. Um, the <laughs> most interesting game, I think, is at 8 o'clock, Maryland's hosting Penn State. Um, to me, yeah. it's still a trap game. I know Matt was kind of mad that I put him on upset watch, but I mean, I don't know, man. Like Maryland plays really good at home. I mean, Penn State's obviously the better quality team, yeah, and they're both coming out of buys. Um, but it's still it's still one of those games where honestly, anybody going to Maryland, I would be worried about because again, we've seen them way worse than what they are this year, um, yeah, and they've they've done better as far as results, and then you're looking at they've had a week to clear their head, get that Temple game out of the way, and then they're coming back home against a team that they're definitely going to be hyped for. Um, it is an opportunity for them to maybe sneak in and, and do a little backdoor cover here. You're getting six and a half. Um, I've seen it as high as seven, but um, I like the six and a half when I saw it. I liked the seven, too. Um, I think it's going to be a, a closer game than people think, um, just because of Maryland's ability um, yeah. offensively. Um, yep. I'm interested in Cal and Arizona State because Cal has been quietly one of the best uh, Pac-12 teams out there right now. They traveled yeah, across the country the last country. week.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, they traveled across the country last week and and, and beat um, what was it Ole Miss or Mississippi State? I can't remember which one. It was one of the yeah, Mississippi Ole Miss.
0: Schools. It was Ole Miss. Right, it yeah. was bogus towards the end, but they
1: won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they ultimately won. They went to they went to Washington and won, which is still impressive. Yeah. Um and and the thing about the win in Washington is that they beat Washington at their own game. Their defense was just better. Um, so yeah, they're playing Arizona State, who doesn't necessarily travel that well, but they they still have that high win um, against Michigan State. But I really don't see Cal letting up any. And like I said, that defense is is probably one of the better defenses in the nation. Very underrated. Um, and uh, the spreads at five. I actually kind of like it just because of the defense. I feel like they're going to get some turnovers and and help with that cover. Um, But that's a game that again, I'm just curious because even though I don't necessarily believe what Patrick was saying, there could potentially be a Pac-12 team that might go undefeated or maybe lose one game, and and we know there'll be some kind of drama from from Pac-12 people. Uh, I don't know if the committee's going to care, but It could set up. It happened when uh, Washington, I think, who did Washington use it? Was it Penn State that year? Yep. Yeah, so it it could potentially happen. Could potentially happen. Um, Anything you like on Saturday?
0: You know, I want you to talk me out of this. I want you to talk me out of this. Talk me off the edge. I'm a risk-taker. Let me know if I'm crazy or not. I like free road dogs. USC. UVA, and NC State. Now, I think the UVA one's a little reach, but USC, I like what I saw against Utah, right? where Now, I think Washington's probably a little better in the secondary than Utah, but it Mm -hmm. looked like Cage Slovis stepped in, had a lot of confidence, and it looked like USC, a good quarterback, distributing the ball to a lot of good athletes. Big, fast, Mm -hmm. tall receivers, and now, I know USC, they've had their moments where they've looked really good, you know, but Can they be consistent and go on the road and beat a really good Washington team? You know, probably still one of the better teams in the Pac-12. They've had their up-and-down moments also. Then UVA going on the road to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's coming off a deflating loss to Georgia, which was a defining game, you know, for both programs for them, but more so Notre Dame. I I mean, Bryce Perkins and UVA, they didn't look good last week to ODU. I don't know if I'm tripping and saying hey, you know what? Maybe they're looking past ODU and looking towards this Notre Dame game. Is a big game. And 11 and a half. It is like 12 that. and a half now. It's a 12 and a half. I actually like yeah. it. Like I I mean, I know I could be, you know, all because I really don't know how good UVA is. We've seen Notre Dame at least keep up with UGA, you know, now no, mm-hmm. UVA going to have enough offense to be able to score, but I, I like their defense, and I think they can contain Notre Dame offensively. And then NC State, man, against your Seminoles, how would the Seminoles favor against anyone?
1: Man, I would fave, I would favor Florida <laughs> State if they were playing at JUCO, man. I ain't, I mean, I have no problem with anybody favoring Florida State, because they just have trouble covering the spreads and, and just and winning NC in State, general right now. Seven points?
0: I like that. I mean, based on what I've seen this year from the Seminoles, I think that's a good bet. I mean, NCC hasn't been world beaters, but Dave Dorn, it looked like they're a program who's going to be a bold caliber ACC
1: team. I mean, purely on the strength of the fact that Florida State's trash from a coaching standpoint, (laughs) um, I honestly have no problems with that. I think it's interesting um, that the lines moved up like two points on that Notre Dame and Virginia yeah. game. Uh, I would I would check where the money's coming from, if it's being pushed by sharps or what. Um now when I originally saw the 10 and a half, I put it on my pick'em for Notre Dame, but mm-hmm. I don't it was more of a it was more of a I'm just feeding Virginia cuz I'm hating right now. I didn't really put in <laughs> like a lot of research into it. Um UVA's definitely got a season team. The expectations are high. 12 and a half is asking a lot. They're not that bad. They're not Twelve yeah, and a half half that, worse than Notre yeah. Dame. Um and and Bronco for what it's worth is very good um at getting his teams prepared for bigger programs. Um and and a team like ODU is definitely a game where you would overlook just to get to the Notre Dame game. Um Notre Dame's kind of reeling a little uh because of that deflating loss, so I, I I like it. I like that as well. Um and then the other one was USC. USC's been pretty solid on against the numbers that on I the road. Yeah. yeah. So it's ten and a half now. Um oh and only, the only yeah, the only thing that would scare me is that it's a you're still with the third string quarterback. It depends on how much faith you have in him. I did yeah, like the true. fact that that USC yeah. was not afraid to go vertical on Utah. And um even though the athletes are probably better at Washington uh defensively, I really think that's the way that you have to attack uh Washington is that you have to you have to stretch them. You have to try at least. Yeah. Um make them respect it. Because if you try to if you try to do in order to beat Washington at at the uh, intermediate type game with the grounded pound, you really have to be like a Bama um, yeah. or in this case Cal because Cal really um, attacked them that way. But for a team like USC, I mean, you got athletes. Uh, USC's historically, I think, done pretty well against the numbers with Washington. Um, I want to say that one year they beat them with Juju, um, and they were heavy underdogs as well. So. um I don't mind that at all. Actually, like I said, just it's good good history with USC covering, and uh, Washington's had some some hiccups, man, uh, against the number as well. They didn't beat the crap out of Hawaii, but that was because Hawaii was talking yeah. trash before the game. But they had <laughs> some hiccups. Um, another interesting game that I think people are going to want to watch as well as um gamble on is going to be um. <clears throat> Auburn and Mississippi State um uh, which is yeah, interesting um and then maybe even look at Kansas State as an underdog play this year. Um they've been they've been quietly pretty good. Yeah, they've been pretty good. I
0: mean, they're a top 25 and, uh, football team. I mean, they've been really good.
1: Yeah, and Oklahoma State is still Oklahoma State like they're going to they're going to give up points. They got a a good talented quarterback, but the thing is is that you're you're going against a team that generally gives up points. And four is to yeah. me is a lot. Uh for a team that doesn't have a good defense. Um so I would be a little little weary there. Um I think another sneaky game uh is Nevada versus Hawaii. I think Nevada's a very good home team. Um it's it's a two and a half spread right now. I think that's very generous. I think it should be like three and a half. Um But I I feel like it's a 10-30 game on Saturday. So if you have a good, like, day period, it's definitely a game I would look into capping um, as a night cap. I think Washington State is getting uh, a little disrespected against Utah. I would check on Utah's quarterback. Um, I did get an alert earlier this week that he may not play this game, um, which would be huge because that offense um, really needs him. Uh, Last year he got hurt, and when he went out, I think they lost their uh, first two games. Um, So it's kind of important. The thing about Washington State, yeah, they did just blow that big lead, but generally speaking, even in college and the NFL, when teams uh, do something like that, they bounce back pretty quick the next week uh, with with some reassured focus. Um, I'm curious about Purdue and their starting quarterback, if he's back. Uh, they're actually getting two points against Minnesota at home. I don't think Minnesota is that good to be favorite unless there's quarterbacks neither. out. So, so um, they would they would, you would have to show me. Um, and Fleck and and Brom, if I recall, they're pretty familiar with each other. So yeah, they're Big Ten Western shit. They play each other yeah, every year, but yeah. So there's that that, and then for my homeboys out in the Mac. Toledo is hosting BYU. BYU. BYU that was team. one of my games
0: I liked. Too. Yeah.
1: A BYU team that's been been fairly good against the numbers. I mean, they're obviously the bigger program in this case. But Toledo, this is the type of game I really think Toledo can, can hang in there. It's, they're getting yeah. two and a half. Um, I would have to do a little bit more of a deep dive. Um, But Toledo has never shied like away from over. competition. You like the over yeah, at the 16 over and like
0: half? 60 and a half? and a half. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. Um, Baylor's a, a home dog against Iowa State. Um, Baylor hasn't hit many many gambling radars for me, but I, I've heard good things about him. I don't know. I would have to look into that as well. Um, and then probably the highest scoring game of the weekend is going to be SMU versus South Florida, <laughs>
2: yep. which
1: is oddly at Love 62. That. I don't know. Is something wrong with South Florida? Because I know SMU can go for 40. Plus, easy. Yeah, you can put up some points,
0: definitely. And yeah. USF, their offense has been, when they're clicking, they're clicking. But when they're not, they yeah. just look, you know, whatever. But I just think, you know, SMU going to at least score
1: thirty-five. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, that so seems, I definitely like the
0: over and there.
1: Yeah, that seems fairly low for an SMU game. Man, I mean, most of the time I'm used to seeing SMU games at like seventy. And I, I, yeah, I think that's kind of <laughs> weird. Maybe they think South Florida's offense ain't going to do anything, but South Florida at home is a whole lot better than South Florida anywhere else. I'll say that. Um, so exactly. not necessarily like the huge, huge schools. Um, I did intentionally skip over Ohio State versus Nebraska, but that is a game that I would love to watch. I'm going to be eagerly watching that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to gamble on it because the spread is now 18. I think I think that's asking a lot of a team that, that uh, honestly – I think it's going to, it could go one or two ways. Ohio State can beat them by 40, 50 points if they're clicking, or Nebraska can come in, make this a little bit scrappy. It'll be high scoring, and, you know, they'll cover. 18 a lot for Ohio State on the road. Nebraska's not that bad. They're not, especially at home. And this will be a game that they'll be up for. Um, and if Frost is at his best, I can see where he could schematically give Ohio State some problems and and eighteen, like I said, just, just asking a lot. That's like like eighteen nobody should be an eighteen point favorite over anybody in the in the big ten unless it's Rutgers or <laughs> Illinois maybe. I just feel like that's a little disrespectful to Nebraska, but it is what it is. Um but yeah, this late not as good as last weekend's but still there's you would have to do a little it's bit of deep dive. Gonna, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna have to you're gonna have to branch out this weekend if you want to see some good football. Um, so be open-minded. I always ask people to be open-minded. Again, one of the other better games that people are probably not gonna watch, but I like it. Marshall hosting Cincinnati. Uh, I think that's, yes, gonna that's gonna be a really be good game. Good. Uh, good contrast of styles there. Uh, Marshall games when they're at home are, are usually pretty entertaining. And then the funniest line of the day is Florida Atlantic being a one-point underdog to freaking Charlotte. How Charlotte, low? yeah, I saw that. <laughs> How low? Lane uh,
0: come on, man. I saw that.
1: God leave it. That is off. If anybody doesn't know, Charlotte, from a gambling standpoint, are, like, one of the worst football teams in college football at the D1 level. I look at Charlotte the same way I look at Rice, and that's pretty bad. San Jose State, pretty yep. bad. Like, there's some, just the, one of the worst teams. Um, Connecticut, Massachusetts, those yep. type teams. Like, they're really bad. So, I think that's pretty insulting to Lane. Um, so, we got like seven minutes left. I'm really disappointed that the team didn't call in. I made all these sound bites for him, and he didn't call in. It's okay. Uh. No, I um, but I think we can close with a, a two minute drill um, on a topic that we didn't touch on but I think it could really um, shake the foundation a little bit in college football. And uh, I wish I had uh, looked over this man's name, but I'm going to give it a shot. Derek, yep. King, Derek uh,
3: King, the Houston
1: yeah. uh, the Houston quarterback. Um, just sometimes when they have that apostrophe, it'd be some other stuff. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he decided to red shirt or, or use the red shirt. Um, I think they... You can use it after the fourth game. Like, you, if you use four games, you can still red shirt. Um But he decided to do his red shirt. Um There were rumors that he was going to transfer. His father even said it, basically. Um, he's come out and said that he does not intend to transfer from Houston. Uh, there's been talks about tanking and this and that. I don't think tanking is going to help you in college football. But the fact that he was able to use this and then – you know there could be a potential where he could force his way into the transfer portal. From your standpoint, do you think this is uh, like a, a power move by a player who's who might be starting? You know, um, a trend for guys who are in programs and they're really talented like he is, but they're not going anywhere. Do you foresee this happening uh, more often?
0: You know, I, I think I don't see it going on, you know, more often going forward because, you know, it takes a lot. Because, you know, now with the NCAA rule, you get to play guys for four four games before you, burn or, you know, decide to shirt them or, or play them, get them mm-hmm. a red shirt. And I think for De'Aaron King, you know, he obviously hadn't red shirted before. And for him, I just, I didn't understand, you know, like you said, it's kind of like tanking in college football. It's like, okay, now you're sitting out the rest of the year, to learn the system only to come back next year? What's the point of that? I don't I don't yeah. get that. Now, if you're going to force your hand, you know, maybe to go enter the transfer portal because essentially what you're saying, hey, I don't fit in with Dana Hogerson. It's just not working. Let me go to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. Let me go to Texas. I'm just throwing, you know, hypotheticals out yeah, there. Like, that, yeah. If, yeah, if the player wants to, you know, get some leverage that way, I have no problem against that because, I mean, coaches have as much leverage as they want, but at the same time, there's not that many scholarships. You know, there are more transfer portal players than there are scholarships. So I just don't know what's going to come out of it. And if you're going to stay at Houston to me, I just don't get it.
1: Yeah, I was a little confused. Originally, when the reports came out and it sounded like he was going to transfer, I was like, wow, that's kind of a power move, you know. Um, I do know there yeah. was some, um, some hiccups with him and the new coach. Um, I mean, I, I like West Virginia's old coach, man. I, I mean, I like – I like his philosophy, even though the execution isn't always there. Uh, it's an air raid that's actually open to running the ball, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, I think, you know, like to your point, coaches have a lot of lot of control, um, more so than anything, and a coach can just hop up and leave to another program and nothing. Um, I think in this case for him to exercise his red shirt um, I would like to see him maybe test the transfer portal <laughs> just to kind of shake the foundation a little, because he's a top talent. And mm-hmm. if he hit the portal, I could see him pretty much having his say wherever he wants to go, Um, considering that uh, Oklahoma, I mean, it depends on how you think of, of uh, Rattler, but I mean, they've got... They've got an opening for a quarterback, and we know they love transfer portal guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, LSU also would have an opening, and and, and to see him in a, in that office, I think that office is very uh, friendly for his skill set. Um, so I'm going to keep an eye on it. Um, I'll probably do a little bit more research on transfer portal and the stipulations behind it, because I think that's going to come into play. Um, and then also the stipulations behind the red shirt, because, again, Dad said one thing. Uh, Derek came out the next day and said something totally different. (laughs) What we do know is that he will not be playing quarterback for Houston for the rest of the year, and uh, that's a big blow to that team.
0: Yeah, it's a huge blow. I just don't – I mean, I don't understand where it comes from. I'm just like, yeah, y'all look bad, and it wasn't of the expectation, but you think you're going to be a better pro by just not playing football? I I don't know. I
2: don't know.
1: and looking at the Houston one against North Texas, it's seven and a half for North Texas. I love North Texas. Um, but, sense, yeah. I mean, I don't even know. I don't I don't even know if, <laughs> if they even adjusted it. I, yeah, I feel like I don't even think they adjusted it uh, after he went out. So um, I'll keep an eye on it. And if, if I do decide to play anything um, with any of the games that we talked about, I'll definitely post it in the group. I uh, appreciate Mike calling, appreciate Patrick calling, even though I kind of cut him off, uh, but appreciate <laughs> it <laughs> either way. Uh, and then I'm really disappointed in my boy Akeem not calling. So, Akeem, when you listen Hello, to this, man. You know, I'm at your neck. I'm at your neck this weekend. <laughs> Don't think you're going to run from this fade, bro. The next time Michigan suit up and play a good team on the road, which I think will be Penn State here in the next couple weeks, I'm putting you on blast again. And I'm putting you all on notice again. Over.
0: Yeah, definitely. Watch Rutgers this week, man. They play. They play Michigan. You never know.
2: <laughs> yeah. If they lose
1: to, if they lose the Rutgers, yo, I swear, if y'all yo. lose to Rutgers, I will stop. I will stop trolling y'all. I'm gonna start a support group because that's yeah. really bad. As like, as man, as well. I, I think Florida State could be Rutgers. So don't even do that, please. Please <laughs> let me stop, man. We will find a way to lose. Uh, Marcus, appreciate you calling, man. Um, everybody, yeah, man, no enjoy week five. We are soon to hit the uh, the best time in college football where we have Maction, where we got plenty of conference play, and, and things are going to heat up here in October for sure.
0: Definitely.
1: All right, thanks for calling. Uh, this has been the IBN College Football Podcast week five, and we're signing off. Uh,
0: peace.